Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Good Buds podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not marijuana, but weed is tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The Leafs are playing great. We came off a great road trip, so I'm very excited to talk about Toronto Maple Leafs hockey for another week. Yeah, that was a fun as hell road trip. I'm sure the boys had a great time out in those fun cities, but hey, three, great one, and one. I take that any day on the yeah. longest road trip of the season. Absolutely. I know sometimes it's like, you know, we love talking minutiae. Obviously, we have a, a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast where we're going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about things that happen. But like you look at the you look at the macro stuff, 3-1-1, you're like, oh, that's great. That's exactly what we think our record should be. And we beat some bad teams and, you know, we played tough against good teams. That's OK. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when we talked last week, it was like the world was kind of on fire a little bit. Yes. And yes. just a, what a little difference, just a couple games and a couple wins make. <laughs> It's since we last recorded, we've seen a Washington win, a Dallas win, and mm-hmm. then a, an unfortunate overtime loss in Nashville. It's funny, like what those last games on said road trips will do to you. Like you hear baseball players sometimes oh. talk about getaway days, like when they're on the road. Yeah. And if yeah. they've lost the first two games of the series, if they win that last game, it's like all is fine and dandy because they yeah. got to win on their getaway day and then they can like be all happy on the plane. I don't think that's the same thing here. I mean, seven out of 10 points on the road. I don't think it matters that, you know, you lose in overtime against Nashville, kind of annoying Mm -hmm. as, you know, we outshot them pretty badly. Uh, But I mean, I think you have to take it as a whole seven out of a possible 10 points is a huge win. I think on your longest road trip of the season. I no, I I completely agree with you. And I think there's a little bit of karma to that too. If we're going to talk about the games, the Washington game, we got outshot wildly. Yeah. You know, we just, we just outchanced them and we scored on our chances. And so you sit there and you go, wow, it's kind of a big win, but you know, we could have played better. I think the Dallas game is the best crystallization of, we just beat the hell out of them. We just, we just beat them up and we outplayed them and shots be damned. I, I think you watch that game and you go, yeah, we, we beat them pretty good. Uh, whereas the Nashville's on the other side where we played better than them, but you know, lost because of uh, opportunity. Yeah. The good old deserve to win meter that you see like yeah. online. Yeah. Oh, we used to keep ourselves warm on cold nights with the deserve a win. Oh <laughs> God. The Dallas win though. That was the one I wanted to see. Like what we talked about last week. It's like, what do you want to see this coming week? And it was just a completely dominant first period. They got on their yes. heels a little bit in the second Dallas pushed. Dallas pushed. You thought the game was going to get away from them, but then we kind of, we got that goal, the Tyler Bertuzzi goal um, in the second period that put us back on top and kind of washed away the shittiness of the way we played in the second. And then we came out with the strong third. That's probably the most complete win we've seen so far this year. There's still room to improve. There's, there's still a, a full 60 to play, but that was a nice solid, like 45, a nice 45, 50. Right, did 45 minutes, you know, that, but I agree with you. It is the best win of the season, I think, so far. And I really was watching that game, hearing your voice, thinking about like, what, what do I want? Just an easy win. That's all yeah. I want. Just a win where you take the lead and then you coast in. And yeah, there was a moment where you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. But I, I really think it was our most complete victory. And, th- and that's good because people like Dallas, whether they should or not, they, they like Dallas. Dallas was a very heavily bet favorites uh, in Vegas this offseason for the Stanley Cup champion. So, yeah, you know, win over them is good. Yeah, yeah you you got to think they're, what, top four in the West with Colorado, yeah. Vegas, and uh, who am I missing? Are you saying, are you going to say Edmonton? No, I'm not going to say Edmonton. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm missing someone else. Uh, but yeah, regardless, Dallas is definitely in the, the upper... 
the upper quartile of the upper quartile of uh, Ooh, nice, very good of of the Western Conference. So it's nice to go in on the road. And even though we're not playing against Jake Ottinger, we got Scott Wedgwood. Yeah. Still nice, take care of yeah. business. And uh, I mean, we'll get into Joe Wall in a bit, but Ooh. my God, man, Ooh. Joe Ooh. Wall, flexible, flexible boy, yeah, flexible good, boy, Joe I Wall. I guess I just got a goofy body. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Well, he's saying how he's like, I really don't need to stretch that much. And you're like, what the hell? Like, and, but me sitting at home, you know, six beers in, barely wearing pants going, Joe, you should stretch. Stretching is important, man. You should stretch. I don't want you tearing anything. I love those hamstrings of yours. You know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad he's naturally flexible, but boy, did he show at this, uh, uh, in this little road trip and we'll get to him and we'll get to him in a second. But I think the bigger things we got to talk about is who the hell is going to play defense for a while. Yeah, a couple of injuries on that road trip. First, uh, Jake McCabe goes down with what looked like a groin. He played all of 10 seconds. Uh, and then Yikes. in Nashville, Timothy Lilligren goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, William Lagerson or Lagerson, Lagerson, Lagerson. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. playing. I'm sure we'll hear soon. Yep, Fraser Minton back to the WHL, which yeah. what we thought was going to happen. No surprise there. Inevitable. Like, good for him. Get his yeah. reps in. Head on back to Kamloops. I, I liked that Sheldon Keefe kept him along for the road trip, even though he wasn't playing. It was just like, yes. everyone was kind of like pissing in their pants about that, being like, send him down. He needs reps. And it's like, I, yeah. I don't think a week on the road with the boys, just seeing what it's like to be on an NHL road trip, getting those looks in, getting those practice reps in, in different city after different city after different city. I think that benefits Fraser Minton in the long run over, you know, two or three games that he missed with Kamloops. Yeah, that he plays 20 minutes of. I, 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 you know, I completely agree with you. This was almost my, this is egregious segment that we're going to be doing later because the number of people that were immediately like, what are we doing with him? <laughs> or when he gets sent down, it's going, this was a failure. And you're like, yeah. he is 19. This was found gold. He will be great at 21. Let's all just yeah. chill out for a bit. But I, I think about it the same way, you know, I think about university a little bit where a lot of people move away and they always say that going to college or university, it's, it's mostly about living on your own and paying bills and cleaning and doing laundry and stuff like that as, as much as about school. And I think the same thing with Fraser Minton is like, you know what the NHL is like? You're on the road in another country, 41 games a year, like multiple, multiple months. That is the grind of staying in a hotel and like getting your schedule and getting your fit, workout in and stuff like that. I feel like that's just the, just as big of a battle. So like the fact that he was able to experience that as well is, is beneficial. I just don't get how this is a negative. Yeah, for sure. And like a two week sample size, like it, it, it was mind blowing to me. Everyone like, shut him down. What the hell? <laughs> He's losing reps. He's losing reps. <laughs> He's dying on the vine. Yeah. He's 19. <laughs> oh, we've wasted his development. Oh God. Those two weeks in the press box. Uh, oh God! I just I'd rather them be in the road in the states where where Mark Giordano has to buy him beer because he's too young. I think that's much much more of an adorable story. <laughs> yeah, that that is pretty adorable. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So actually, the practice lines just came out. Uh. Wow. Okay. Just before we started recording wow. this, and yeah. uh, it looks like Timothy Lilligren is on the ice. So, oh. by all means, that probably points to him playing tomorrow night in. <laughs> or at home to Los Angeles, which is nice because, I mean, there was talk where if both Lilligren and McCabe are out, we might have to play short because of the cat. Yeah. 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 The joys of doing a, a topical podcast. By the time we did the outline, 45 minutes later, it was outdated because Lilligren's already on the ice. But, you know, thank God he is because, you know, there's huge question marks what we're going to do. And that Connor Timmons injury now kind of, uh, looming a little bit larger than we had originally thought of going, what a luxury he was going to be uh, being able to float in. And now you're like, oh, wow, we really do need him. Where's Simon Benoit when we need him? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, 
I, I'm glad I'm, you know, playing short is something they have done. And I just, it is, it is remarkable to me. I know this is, this sounds like sour grapes, uh, but it is remarkable to me that the NHL with its cap would force teams to go short. Uh, there's not some kind of emergency, you know, system in place. This is so stupid. Like, is this good for the game? No, I just, it's silly. So it's silly. Yeah. And it's happened to, I think Ottawa had to play short this year. I'm pretty sure it was Ottawa, yes. maybe a couple other teams, but why are we, uh, you know what? This is, yeah, this is another yeah, topic whatever. for another podcast so, and, and yeah. the intricacies of the salary cap, but good news. Lily's on the ice. It looks like McCabe yeah. is not ready to go just yet. It's the groin. It seems to be bugging him a little bit longer. Hopefully he gets back later in the week. Um, that's all, but, but by all accounts, by keep speaking to the media after the game, they took an MRI for his groin and they said it was better than we thought. So that, I don't know if better than we thought is a week, but it's still, it's more positive than him being for a longer, long term down for a long-term injury. Yeah. And it does kind of shuffle up the lines a little bit, uh, because what I was hoping to talk about, if there wasn't any injuries, I've been so encouraged by the Giordano Klingberg pairing. Yes. Like so encouraged. Mark Giordano is okay. Say what you will. And yes, I understand that he lost some steam by the end of last year. We, we kind of put him in a situation where he kind of had to carry a lot of the dead weight for a lot of the year. And he ran out of his freshness, I guess. But sure. You know, all those questions. Oh, Gio can't play that much. Gio can't play that much. Gio is washed. He has been one of our best defensemen all year. And, and just like the way he throws his body on the line still at age 40 is remarkable to me. And he's really, I think, yeah. calmed John Klingberg down. And we've seen some great mm. stuff from John Klingberg defensively. So all y'all can shut the hell up uh, because it, that's nice to see. <laughs> that being said, that pairing is no more with the injury. We've got Lagesson, Lagesson, yes. Lagesson, Lagesson with uh, Klingberg. Lagesson. Lagesson. <laughs> <laughs> and Lily is up uh, on the second pairing. Which is nice to see mm-hmm. because, by all accounts, he's taking the next step. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's really great to see, and you know, scored a goal too this week. Like, let's not uh, let's not diminish that. Uh, yeah, I, Mark Giordano, incredible, uh, modern marvel. It just blew my mind uh, that he's playing so well. And Klimberg, yes, I, I I will say, Joey, yes, this is we should do a Klimberg stock watch because this week Klimberg's up. Uh, but and we could timestamp this right now because a week from today we could be doing Klimberg down. No, we don't like Klimberg now, you know. So it it really is a day to day thing. The thing that is consistent though is his offense and what he's providing to the power play that has just been killer it still looks great it still looks dangerous even though we didn't see the success that we saw the week previous it still looks so dangerous i think it's more we're talking defensive uh positioning and some of the chances he takes and you know things like that but yes stimberg uh, stimberg klimberg stock up watch yeah yes, the, up. the yes, dallas right. game man he he was solid defensively in that dallas game just a lot of things mm-hmm. were, and, yep. and he came out and said it, right? He was like, I hear what everyone's saying about my defensive game. I don't think I'm that bad defensively. And you know what? He showed it. He sh- yeah. 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 If you're going to say something like that, I'm glad you had the week you did. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Good. It was, it was really nice to see. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's sort of the defense situation right now. We'll see when Mil- McCabe gets back in there and uh, hopefully not too much longer. Hopefully he's back for Thursday against Boston. Cause that's a big one. Yeah, you don't want to jump up and down on uh, on people that are hurt or anything like that. But like maybe Jake McCabe taking some time would not be the worst thing in the world. He is he has been uh, I I'm sorry he's been bad this season. I think <laughs> I, I I can officially say bad. I was gonna say like shaky. No, I think he's been pretty bad. And I just don't know 
if he is aware of the goals that he is trying to meet here. I feel like he's trying to do everything. And some of the some of the pinches he's been taking, some of the offensive play stuff, which is not really his no. game. He's got a great shot mm-hmm. and everything. But like some of the things he's been doing, I just I feel like he's confused. Maybe taking a couple of days to to watch the game, rest, relax, and then come back, I think might be a good thing for yeah. him. Might be might be great. Hopefully we'll see him in Boston yeah, on Thursday. Hurt. Uh yeah, that'd be great. The biggest, I think, topic in, in Leafsland that still kind of stays at the forefront here for two weeks running is is the goaltending situation mm-hmm. yeah joe wall is here joe wall is ready oh, oh my joe wall oh my uh, yeah we thought we were gonna go into this like uh, you know last week we were talking about oh is this a full-blown goalie controversy is this is this what we're talking about here um, and we were like, no, everyone needs to calm down. It's not a full blown controversy in a week's time. I am now being like, it's not only not a controversy, it's a contra- it's not a controversy because Wall's won. Uh, Wall has looked so, so good. And I, 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 I am, I am, oh, I'm pumping my own brakes here, but Wall's looks so, so good that it's really hard to take it away from him right now. You just can't, you couldn't imagine going to like, yeah, let's go back to a split. No, Wall, Wall needs to play because he's playing hot. Yeah. And also like speaking on a goalie, goaltending controversy, when has, when was the last time Toronto didn't have a goaltending controversy? <laughs> Seriously, enough. like yeah. what? Cujo? Yeah. Freddie Anderson's <laughs> yeah. first year. Realistically mm, though, yeah, like maybe. since then it's, it's yeah. always been something. It's always been, yeah. you know, everyone wanted Freddie out of there. Like, yeah, pushing the backups, pushing the backups. No one's really been kind of okay with who we've had as our starting goaltender over the past few years. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a full blown goaltending controversy, and I think based on the way Sammy played against Nashville, I mean, yes, it's three goals on what twenty four shots and eight seventy five save percentage in that game. Not good enough. And and what's no. not good enough for, for me is goals one and three. Goal number one. Ryan O'Reilly cutting in there. Sammy, you got to have your pad down, man. Like your pad is lifted up. And I understand you think Ryan O'Reilly's going high. And I understand that Ryan Mm O'Reilly was trying to go high and fanned on it. And it went underneath his pad. But there should be no room for it to go underneath your pad. When you're hugging the post like that with your left leg, your right leg's got to be down flat so that the puck is not going. And if he beats you high, he beats you high. But you can't let him beat you low on a fan shot there. I thought that was atrocious really kind of like ruined the momentum of the game after that nice little one nothing lead there the second goal i don't fault sammy that's a power play tip no 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 issues there the overtime goal i have issues yeah i okay good i'm glad like roman yossi cutting in top of the circle no traffic you have to (laughs) save that you have to save that. He saw it the whole yeah. way. What, what was? What, how did it beat him? I just don't get it. I think the only time you get beat from the top of the circle and it's okay is if A, there's traffic in front, which means either you didn't see it or it got tipped, or B, you have a top five league shooter shooting that puck. You've right. got to save that puck. I understand it was a nice shot from Yossi, but like there was... I'm watching the replay and I'm trying to pause it exactly when the puck leaves. And I'm like, there is no one anywhere near his vision you got to save that. Uh, yeah, I, I, Al McKinnison is prime. You better be saving that. Like it's, I, I don't, I don't really understand. And that's that more than anything is the stuff that scares you a mm-hmm. little bit. When he's seeing the shot, the shot is right in front of him and it's still getting past him. Then you're then as a defenseman, then as a team, you're starting to worry going like, oh shit, I can't let anything go through because it might go in. And then you're overextending yourself and you're leaving yourself in bad positions. And I just, I, that is the worrisome part. You know, Wall can make these huge stretchy, you know, like Mr. Fantastic Four kind of stretches, you know, and do all the stuff that makes saves. And you're like, that's incredible. But 
he's also making fundamental saves, which is the most important part of it. And that's the thing that Samsonov is, is just missing yeah, out right now. It's the calm. It's the, uh, it's the positioning. And I thought last year that was mm-hmm. a big part of Samsonov's game. I, I found he was always, yeah. especially early in the season last year, his positioning was always solid. Um, and it didn't look like people like the, the movement of the play was putting him out of position. And then we sort of saw later in the year, right. the swimming where, whether it's a rebound or or whether it's a a cross size pass, you see the swimming from Sammy, and, and that kind of has stayed mm-hmm. this year. Where it a lot of the time it looks like he's either lost or out of position, and you don't see that yes. from Wall, uh, which is why at this point, I mean, how do you not go with Joe Wall? How do you not go with Joe Wall tomorrow and then back to Joe Wall in Boston on Thursday? I think that's the true test. Boston's been the cream of the crop of the of the Eastern Conference forever, and. I don't know. Every year, everyone wants to say they've fallen off. They're not falling off. They're not falling off. They're not falling off. So no, I know. Give Wall that start. That would be my. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to throw Sammy one starts out of three this week, I think you give Joe Wall the Boston one, no matter what. Yeah, I, I think I think if you are going forward with this as the idea of like more a one A one B situation, you got to start throwing real challenges at him. Mm-hmm. And on the road, I, I think it's just you know I think that's absolutely the way to go. I would I would agree with you. And then you know. Sammy can come back with the, the Sabres game or something like that. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, hey, that'll be good. I like that. Yeah, I, and you know what's funny? Like, Joe Wall, it feels like he's been around forever, right? Because he kind of mm-hmm. has been in the yeah. system for a few years and injury troubles. And you look at how many NHL games he's played. Only 15. Guess how many he's won. I know. Uh, Out of 15. 10? 12. 12? Wow. God, I thought 10 was going to be high. 12. Joe wow. Wall is 12 and 3. This is this is career, not just this year. 12 and 3 with a 2.11 yep. goals against average and a 934 save percentage. God, you know, it's just, I think the problem is, it's kind of like, it's a, we, we talk about this all the time with prospects. Like if somebody's not a highly touted prospect, you kind of, when they don't immediately succeed, you kind of go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. But when they're a first round pick, you go, what the hell's wrong with them? Why is it not doing this? And I think it's the wall thing too, where in the Marlies, he struggled, you know, only, only a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where it was like, oh God, you know, is he going to be a starter? Here we go. We go into this year going like, yeah, he played okay last year, but can he even be the backup? We don't even know. And now he's starting and everything inside of you is being like, don't believe this. This shouldn't be real. But then you start, the only thing we could do is look at the games he's played. And in those games, he's been playing really well. And so maybe we need to just be changing our expectation. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, take less of the, oh, he's doesn't have that much experience. He has, you know, struggled in the minors in the past with some injury problems. Look at the facts. Look at the numbers. When he's in the crease, Mm -hmm. the Leafs play well in front of him. He plays well. I mean, you can't argue with a 934 save percentage in your career. I mean, I know it's only a 15-game no. sample size, but I think it's time. Let's give him a run here. Let's give him two out of three starts going forward yes. in the week. Yes. And let's see what happens. I mean, you want to get your goalies like that, your young goalies ready for tests like on the road midweek against the Boston yep. Bruins. And I think that's a, an opportunity for well, Keith. I think that's what we're talking about. Like goalie controversy. The controversy should be that both are playing well and you don't know who to play. That is great. I understand the idea. It's kind of like the old idea. You have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks kind of thing. I, I, who cares? What's the worst case scenario? They are both playing well. Mm-hmm. Give the hot hand, uh, the majority of the starts and do a one A, one B and walls playing really well right now. So give them the majority of the starts. I, I kind of, I am confused at why that wouldn't be true. If Samsonov had this seven-year contract and we're like, oh, we need to build it back up. Here we go. You know, we've got to put him back in net. I would understand that. That's totally fine. He is on the last year of a of a, uh, of a a deal, of an arbitrated deal. So like, wh- 
why not? Why not just go with also walls on a great contract right now too. So yeah. like if we could walk away from this season going like he's our starter, it's like, Oh, what a win that would Big be. Big time. Big time. Oh, huge. Yeah. Off the goalies for a bit and onto uh good old line number two, or I guess maybe our, our, oh. our click in line right now, our best line going right now. Yeah. So the addition of Tyler Bertuzzi on the second line seems mm. like it's fit very nicely. Um, I thought Bertuzzi, as I said, looked kind of lost on line one playing with Matthews and Marner. I just, I felt like he couldn't keep up with their game, but it seems like he's starting yeah. to get comfortable and him fitting on the left wing on the second line really seems to be working out nicely. I mean, it seems like anyone you're going to put with John Tavares and William Nylander right now is going to be successful. They are just going. Yeah. They're humming better than yeah, I think I've ever so well. seen the two of them play together. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Like William Nylander. It's so, it's so funny every year. We say, yeah, William Nylander looks a little bit better this year. Yeah, William Nylander's like yeah, improved this year. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, Swedes <laughs> age like fine wine. This is what's going to happen. And then you thought with last year, you're like, is that the peak? Like, he played so well last year. That ain't no peak, man. Like, he has hit a different gear this year. It's unbelievable to watch. Like, you saw Frankie Corrado yeah. posted a, a video of practice today. He's doing quick feet drills over by the side just to just better his already impeccable skating. William Nylander yeah. with the puck is amazing to watch right now. I, you know, Frankie, for, I just want to highlight the Frankie Corrado stuff. If you don't follow him on Twitter, he posts some very interesting breakdowns. He's taught me more about hockey in the, like these 30 second clips of going like, you know, this person's supposed to be doing this. And you're like, ah, very Big interesting. Time, yeah. I find his personality a little uh, grating, but his, his the videos are insanely, you know, uh, Helpful. I like it a so lot. yeah, just uh, just a little plug for that one. I think we'll retweet something from our account just to, just to have it out there. Um, but yeah, I, the Neilander thing, I am I do it. I am I am just as at fault as anyone else. But I get really tired of being surprised all the time that he's playing well. Going like, you know what? Like in the playoffs or something like that. Going like, man, William Neilander is playing well. It's like he had forty goals this season. He plays well. He's had a good year. Why are we shocked by this? And then he comes off that season right in. He's playing super well. Uh, I know everyone wants to turn this into a contract talk and I don't think that's something we're insanely no. interested in talking no. about, but it is very interesting of what number this will eventually uh, reach because he will be worth it. He is an incredible player and he's playing very, very well. 10 mil bill, man. 10 mil bill. Ten, yep. Oh, yeah. I think that, I think that is, makes a lot of sense these days. It does. It's just, I can, I can sound like a broken record here when he has the puck and he's skating with the puck in the offensive zone. It's like it's he's playing keep away with five other guys, man. You cannot mm, get the puck yeah. off him. And if you do, he gets it right back. It's wild. Yeah. He's seeing the ice better than anyone on our team right now. And yeah. it's it's just funny that it's it's Willie, man. Like watch his interviews, watch him like any sort of Willie entertainment you can get off ice is pure gold. And then when you translate that to what he brings on the ice, it's it's two different two yeah. different guys and it's it's awesome. I know. No, he's he is uh, in a lot of ways, he's a perfect Toronto Maple Leaf that he lives in this very weird city and he is just this, this very weird guy. And when he steps on the ice, he is unbelievable. You know, I will say he's been driving the net. I don't know if this is an actual stat or not. It feels like he's driving the net at a higher rate now. And man, is he successful. He's able to keep the puck away from defenders so easily. And it's it's not that he, he looks like a huge guy or some kind of power forward, but he's so strong when he skates and he's, he's directional forward towards the goalie. Like he's able to keep play, like you were saying, keep away that man. It, it's so impressive. And this, this second line is, is just flying because yeah, of he's, he is strong. He's thick, man. Like if Willie Nylander oh, is built man. and like, it's funny that you say that. I think he is the perfect player for Toronto for a, for the Leafs media because nothing seems to bother yeah. Willie Nylander. 
sucks. He's so aloof. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's what you need yeah. when, you know, and not to, not to harp on Mitch Marner, but you know, he is the guy who, who does, I think, take offense when things are said, you can clearly yes. see it in Marner's game when, when, uh, people are, I mean, everyone's talking about him at all times, but when he hears it, yeah. I think he tries his best to shout oh. it out when he hears it, you notice. And I think we'll talk about that a little more a bit later, but, uh, Sure. Willie seems to be that the opposite where it's like, say whatever you want. This kid has had people ever since he got drafted. You had Don Cherry yeah. clamoring. Oh, should have taken Nick Ritchie. Like, give me a break, Don. Um, but yeah. you've had people yeah. shitting on William Neal to the moment we picked him. And it's never seemed to bother him. He's only gotten better. He's he's perfect, man. He's perfect for Toronto. You you and I used to do this all the time. It was like the William Nylander litmus yeah. test. It was like years ago now, but it was always are you a pretty good Toronto Maple Leafs fan or do you understand hockey? Was people going, I don't like Neilander, And you're like, I don't think you like hockey. <laughs> Cause like he was so good in the limited time, especially like four or five years ago that he was put on and it's only gotten better since then. And I think it's always been like the, you know, the, tra- you know, the bag heads, the Toronto sun, you're like your drunk uncle kind of thing of like, you know, sitting at Thanksgiving table, like, I don't like that he does a back check. And you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, everyone relax. <laughs> he's, he's an incredible hockey player. And I'm gl- I'm just glad to see him. Um, you know, shutting up any doubt that they he might be anything but great. Yeah, he's just he's gaining more fans along the way. He's gaining fans yeah. uh, from Barry along the way. But very good point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So pickup driving fans. Yes, absolutely. We talked uh, a bit last week about panels and uh, oh yeah, a little bit away from the Leafs here just for for a little bit, but but about sure. like hockey <laughs> panels and and what kind of panels you like the Hockey Night in Canada panel versus the TSN panel versus yeah. the Sportsnet panel. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to ask you. A, do you like, do you like the current panels right now? Like what, what, if you're tuning in, obviously when it's Saturday, it's Hockey Night in Canada, obviously like, you know, these games are scheduled on these certain networks, but like, what are you hoping to see when you have a night off and you're sitting on the couch watching a Leaf game? Which network are you hoping to watch? Uh, I, you know, I, I am a TSN man. Uh, my family is TSN uh, people. Uh, I think ultimately it comes down to like Coke or Pepsi kind of thing where they're both sugar water, but, uh, you just get a familiarity with one and then that's something you feel more comfortable with. Uh, I don't, do I truly believe to my bones that like TSN is that much better than, uh, than Sportsnet? I used to also love Bob McKenzie, by the way. So that, I think that's also coloring a large, a large part of it, even though he's no longer there in a full-time manner. So uh, I have been a TSN guy for a long time. It kills me that Sportsnet has this ridiculous contract that the second that they signed had no hope of making them money whatsoever. They signed it ridiculously. So much that they had to offload games all the time. And that's why the ESPN deal exists. Uh, I, I, I like TSN, I, but I find in general the pan to be uh grading uh that that is my that is my thesis statement on on these panels i like um so i like jeff o'neill and james duffy on the tsn side of things i yes. like the rapport okay. they have they've got solid chemistry they they like to poke at each other and i think that's what we want to yeah. see in the intermissions it's entertainment right we want to be entertained i get the quiz can get you know super cringy at times yes. but I, I do like the rapport that jeff o'neill and uh, and James Duffy have on, on the other side of things. I think Sportsnet and the Hockey Night panel is in Canada panel is trash. I think the only trash. bright spot they have is Kevin Bieksa. Yeah. I I really like that acquisition. I think he's he's just a solid, smart player that people want to listen to. He he brings mm-hmm. out his points in a really good way, and he's funny and he's quick. And again, it yeah. all comes back to entertainment. Like if you look at these yeah. seasoned NFL panels. Yeah, they've got a bunch of Hall of Famers on 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 their panels and and guys that you you respect their opinion, but at the same time, 
Some of those Hall of Famers are so entertaining and so funny. Yeah. Like you watch Michael Irvin, he's funny as fuck, man. Like, and, and yeah. that's yeah. why you tune in before game day on Sundays. And that's why I want to tune in and not make food in the second intermission and instead sit and watch the second yeah. intermission <laughs> because I'd yeah. like to see, I'd like to laugh. I'd like to see some highlights. I'd like to see some breakdowns, but I'd like to laugh and not be like, what the fuck is Anthony Stewart talking about? Yeah, I, I think Hockey Night in Canada especially, but Sportsnet in the same way too, they spend all this money for the product, for the actual game. So they think they need to spend as much for the in-game entertainment, the pre and the post, and have these big sets and lots of people and stuff like that. But I think uh, if anyone that watches football out there, Sunday Night Football is a hilarious production where they legitimately have 20 different people that will speak into the camera over the course of an hour and a half. And, or, you know, panels are getting so big, I swear to God, they're going to add a second desk mm-hmm. behind them. Like there's like a stadium seating. Cause like Fox, Fox has, you know, had normally uh, six guys and then they added JJ Watt and you're like, okay, so you have five minutes for intermission. Does everyone get 20 seconds? Like, what are we learning from this thing? And I think sports and hockey night Canada, especially is falling into that. We're like, let's go to the second desk. And you're like, wait, why? We haven't even said anything at the first yeah, desk. First like, desk sucks, man. You don't need a second desk when your first desk sucks. <laughs> Hey, look at this. More nonsense. You're like, oh, good. Right. Awesome. Great. Okay. More than what is the point of these things? It is to teach you a little bit about hockey, to give you a little bit of, uh, of criticism that you couldn't see with just your own eyes and the announcers aren't going to bring up. And then on top of that, you have to be entertaining. And I just don't feel like they are succeeding in either one of them right now. I swear to God, they should just go back to the normal stuff in the seventies where it's, I'm not saying Don Cherry, but I'm saying the idea of it was a host and two guys and the two guys would just talk. And go like, what are you seeing out there? Well, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. Perfect. We'll go back to yeah. That. All right, awesome. And less, Ugh, less cringy just, Canadiana, which means oh, just, the Canadiana stuff. I just can't. I the the way that they just try and infuse it like maple syrup into your veins. Like I'm just like, oh yeah. Well, this is just these are just good boys doing a thing. You're like oh, my as the God. winds blow you know soft I and mean? the Timmins night, so does the <laughs> yes. moose jaw fears and fright. Now back to you, Kyle. Like, what are you saying, Ron? <laughs> what are you saying? That didn't make any yeah. sense. Okay, before just cutting back to yeah, cutting back to people wide eyed with a microphone like ah uh, okay yeah, I understand that hockey night in Canada is like woven into like the fabric of the country like hockey is a huge identifier but like the way that they try and sell it back to us I find to be a little nauseating yeah it's like we're not yeah that's all yeah. idiots uh anyways no, uh okay two two questions on this before we we move off it but which recently sure. retired player would you like to see on the panel? And then which current player would you like to see on the panel when their career is over? Do you have any, anyone you could think of? Oh yeah. I got one. I got one immediately because he just retired. Uh, Joe I was going to say that too. Be, I, that was mine too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you were? Okay. He, cause he, he will, you start putting money away now. He will get fined for something. He will say something that will be so outlandish, but also have a point by the way. I, I like, he is the perfect kind of player you need because he was famously a hard ass in the locker room that would like really be exacting with people. But at the same time, everyone to, to a person was like, oh, that guy was so much fun. He was so funny. And you're like, you need a little bit of that so that when you cut to the intermission, he'll be like, that guy sucks. He's dogging it. That blows. And then make a joke. And you're like, perfect. Nailed it. That's all you I need. thought. I think Joe Thornton is a, is a perfect candidate for someone to join the panel. He's purely entertaining. I mean, you got to respect anything Joe said, just what he's done for the game. And yes. he's just that guy, like you said, in the dressing room, like he's fully not afraid to speak his mind and say whatever he wants. And yeah, he's probably going to get fined along the way, but (laughs) it's the entertainment value that I think we should be holding to a higher standard here. And I think Joe Thornton brings that entertainment, a player that I would like to see when their career is over Morgan Riley. I think Morgan Riley would be solid on the panel. 
I think he's got some dry, okay. funny, quick, quick wit humor. And I mean, you're talking about a very, very solid player who's going to have a great long career, who's already had a great long career, respect his opinion. And he's good. He's good with the mic. Yeah. Well, I, I the only thing I'd uh, push back on that one is, have you seen that Pepsi Zero commercial with Zach Hyman and him? Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> I, ex- I think it's smoked. hilarious. There is, there is a moment. If you haven't seen it, there, it's Zach Hyman in his Edmonton Oilers garb and Morgan Riley in his, in a suit who are both former teammates and they're drinking about, they're disagreeing on uh, something that's happened, but they can agree that they love Pepsi Zero. Okay. Great. Awesome. You can actively see Morgan Riley reading cards off camera. You can't remember 10 words. It is, it's amazing. He doesn't, he's not even looking at Zach. He's not looking at the camera. He's looking diagonally like, I also think we could agree. Oh my God. It blows my mind. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and speaking of uh, Morgan Riley and in, uh, in commercials and stuff, the commercial yeah. where he's on the TTC talking to his dad, and you're like, Morgan Riley, why don't you have your headphones in? You're on the TTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're being very rude. Somebody is commuting to like Tim Hortons right now, and they're like, "Fucking asshole!" Makes ten million dollars yeah. a year. Put some headphones in. Um, yeah, I okay. Morgan Riley would be good though. I agree because he is also a three dimensional human being that speaks about things that are not hockey too. Like he likes Taylor Swift and you know whatever, and that would only lead to him being funnier. So that's that's good. All right, I think it is time now for this is egregious. This is egregious. Oh, this is egregious. This is egregious. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. We've all done it. We're Leaf fans. We overreact. Yeah, we over do. the smallest things. Mm-hmm. However. This segment is to highlight how ridiculous and how egregious the Toronto media can get and why it's hogwash, man. (laughs) So I understand that Mitch Marner has had, by Mitch Marner standards, not the start to the season that we all would like. Sure. And I think the key word is by Mitch Marner standards. Yes. Okay. Because he's having a great start to the season by, you know, the general average of the NHL player, but it's... It's Mitch Marner. We hold him to a much higher standard. He's a 99-point player, and uh, he makes a lot of money. So we want to see what we expect to see from Mitch Marner. Okay. However, a nice old Toronto Star headline. Mm. What's wrong with Marner and Matthews? This was right after the Leafs have won three in a row. Yeah. I woke up on Friday after winning in Dallas on the road against a very good team to get their third win in a row, and that was the headline. What's wrong with Marner and Matthews? Why is that the headline? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, my, and Joey, I can contribute. We just got a notification from The Athletic. A disconnected top line. Why haven't Mitch Marner and the Maple Leafs number one line hit top gear yet? Yeah. 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 It just seems like it's always looking for the negative. Okay. And I understand people's jobs are to criticize the team and to talk about the team and to find what they think is and is not working. Right. However... Like, do you, do you not have any sort or sense of like your surroundings and, and, and rational thinking that you're in the middle of your longest road trip of the season, you've won three in a row and that's your headline the, the following morning. Yeah, Look, I get brutal. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are not playing to the way that we, no, I'm going to stop myself right there because okay. they're playing fine because they're, playing, they're fine. playing fine and it's week three of the goddamn season. And I think. For you to put the label of what's wrong? Mm-hmm. No, th- th- I, I, that I, doesn't make any sense to me. No, I, I completely agree with you. We were talking about Mitch Marner earlier too. And I just, you, you were saying that things can get to him. And, and, I, and I think that is true. Like, I think he is very clearly a player that would survive very well in Minnesota. 
You know what I mean? Or something like that. And just be like an incredible player. I think LA, New York, Chicago, Toronto would be like, is tough for him. And I think it's even, it's, it's compounded by the fact that he is from Toronto and he's surrounded by this kind of stuff. And he said that really stupid thing in the postseason last year about like, we don't even listen to what you guys say. So don't even worry, which is always the funniest thing to say, because if you don't know what they're saying, then why are you annoyed with the things that you don't know that they are saying? Like, it's like, well, that means you are reading it, but okay, whatever. And you can say whatever you want. Um, I hope this doesn't get to him because he's 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 playing fine. Like he's playing totally okay. And we'll have a stretch of two weeks where he hits like 20 points and you're like, oh, this is great. What a great guy. You know, I just, I think everyone needs to relax. I believe that this is, I agree with you. This is egregious. Yeah. I mean, it's a long season. Players go through hot streaks. Players go through cold streaks. And it's not like these two are going through a cold streak in any sort of way. It's like we get blessed with these ridiculous Austin Matthews double hat tricks or these you know, 51 goals in 50 games. And then we go two or three games without a goal and people want to lose their minds. Yes. Yes. And it's yeah. the same thing with Mitch Marner, right? It's like, we, we're, we're so fortunate that we have this player that can put up multi-point night after multi-point night and hit an 18 game point streak and, and, and do these amazing things that we get to watch every night. And we take for granted, we yeah. take it for granted because then when we see him not play otherworldly, when he's playing great, just not elite, people want to say what's wrong. Yeah. It's a long season, man. It's a long like, season. We're five, two, and one. Yeah. That's fucking eight games. Yeah, everyone relax. Refucking lax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which might be the rebranding of this segment eventually. Refucking lax. Uh, yeah. My egregious is going to be the hate for Samsonov. And especially, not only that, is the, the signing of Samsonov and the money that he got. Uh, I've seen a lot of bouncing back, especially, you know, it's really easy to do that right now with Joe Wall playing so well, and that's great. But Going into this season, it's like, we don't have enough. You know, here we go. We need to, oh, thank God we got Sammy. Thank God we got Wald. Oh, Martin Jones, that's great. And all that kind of stuff. Now, all of a sudden, immediately, we're not even a quarter away into the season. It's like, well, that was a huge mistake. Why did we do that? You're like, what happened? Like, wait a second. We played 82 games and a playoffs and a two rounds of playoffs, excuse me. And uh, that's important. We should note that. Uh, that and he played, he played great. He was very solid. He was, he was a top 10 goaltender pretty much the whole year. And that, that's awesome. And he had a lot to, lot to, uh, learn and a lot to earn from that, from that experience, you know, financially. And he is going to be set up again to be doing that. I have no doubt that he will be the starter at the end of the season, that Samsonov will be going into playoffs probably as their number one goaltender. And the fact that we are already like decrying the fact that he's making three and a half million dollars, it just blows my mind. I think we just need to all calm down a little bit, which I know is not the Toronto Maple Leafs fan specialty, but I just think mm. it's like, okay, one thing at a time. Let him let him work with Curtis Sanford off on the side there a little bit. Why not? It couldn't hurt a little bit. And so we can have him strong for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, two things can be true. You can mm. be struggling and it could be time for another goaltender to come in and, and who's playing hot and deserves the net right now. And maybe it's not time for Sammy to get the bulk of games, but at the same time, signing Sammy to an arbitrated, what was it? Three, three, five. Yeah. I think it's three half or three, three. There. Yeah. 3.3, 3.5 mm-hmm. is, was still is, and was still the right move. Yes. I completely agree with you. So for, for you to say that that deal was a mistake, it's a one year deal, man. It's a one-year deal that is off the books. It's not a lot of money. And I think for the way he played last year, the three million is deserved. I understand they wanted him to come in at two point something to give them more room to sign Nylander. But the way he played last year, he deserves the three. Yeah. Deserves the 3.3, 3.5. It's actually 3.55. Just looked it up. 3.55. And I just think, you can say that Sammy is struggling 
without saying the Sammy signing was a mistake. We should yes. have looked elsewhere. Yes. The yes. Two things can be true. And mm-hmm. I think with Leafs Nation, a lot of the time, it's it's very black and white. It's one mm-hmm. thing or the other thing. Um, someone's struggling. It was it, it's the wrong mistake to have them on whatever line they're on, or it was the it was a mistake to ha- to have them signed to a certain amount of years for a certain amount of money just because they're struggling. Right. No, man. Work with it. Yeah. We're here to work with Sammy. We know he's going to regain his confidence back. Again, yeah. eight yeah. games in, we're going to see a lot more of Sammy, and I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, and I think this kind of thing – this would be way worse. Can you imagine what the, the the reaction would be if we didn't have a backup goalie that's playing incredibly well right now? Like it would just be you know huge. So let's just relax, and yeah. we have a goaltender that's playing really well, giving more time to get Sam Snop back to the form that we know he can play at. Hell yeah. Yeah, okay. Hell that yeah. was egregious. Okay. Well, let's let's look at the week ahead here. We've got right. the LA Kings coming to town tomorrow night or by the time everyone's listening to this tonight. And uh, the big one Thursday in Boston, only to come mm-hmm. home Saturday big. against the Sabres. Yeah. What do you want to see this week, Andrew? Well, you know what? These are not – this is not uh, like last week. These are harder teams, I think, right now. I think the Kings are always in flux of what they are – trying to do uh they have a lot of young talent but they are you know they're dangerous and i think you say the same thing about the sabers who have been playing pretty well i think between that little uh pot of like detroit uh buffalo ottawa and montreal and people like oh which ones are going to take a step up i think it's pretty clear it's detroit and i think it's clear it's buffalo and not ottawa uh so buffalo can play really well and then the bruins you know not only because they're a very good team this year but it's because they are they're the boston bruins and you have all these nightmares and PTSD because of uh, reactions to them. So I think a two in one week would be a really good week and, uh, and playing some, uh, some solid offensive hockey while the defense is a little banged up. Yeah. Um, I always look to the LA Kings matchup and I look at Philip Deneau. Mm, okay. He plays Austin Matthews better than maybe anyone in my yeah. opinion. Um, and I think because of that, since he's moved to LA, LA has played us very hard and LA plays right. as well. Uh, I believe they beat us in our barn last year. I was at the game. It sucked. Uh, and uh, I would just like to see, I know we talked about, you know, that first line trying to find their game. I would like to see a, a nice offensive game on Tuesday from a team that plays defensively sound hockey in the LA Kings. Yeah. You know, I hate Pierre-Luc Dubois more than I hate 95% of the NHL. And I would love, 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 love for us to destroy him and destroy his solid and sound defensive hockey game. So I want to see a little more from the offense this week. And I want to see, I know this is like, I know this is like, obviously a boy can dream here, but I want to see us go into Boston and play a full 60 results aside, Mm. results aside. I just want us to be up to the test of going into Boston with hopefully Joe wall in the net just to see where he's at against the top league talent and play a full 60 sound game. Is that too much to ask, Joey? Is that too much to ask? I'm going to ask for it every week, man. Every <laughs> week I'm going to say, all I want to see is a full 60 until I see it. And we got close with Dallas, but yeah. a full a full 45 is not a full 60. That second period, they clearly stepped back. They clearly had Dallas push. So I just want to see a full 60. And I know that's probably not going to come against a team like Boston. I mean, it might, but right. I think you've got three opportunities here. And especially against the Sabres, I think there's your opportunity for a full 60 against a clearly weaker team that kind of has some questions in net right now. So let's take advantage. 
Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I think that's a totally fair request. So big games upcoming next week uh, that we'll recap in the next episode. But until then, I'm going to do the numbers game, a game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember leaps from errors pass and what number they wore. Joey is currently 10 for 10 right now. He has not gotten yeah, one wrong, but each player he gets wrong between now and the all-star break, Joey will donate $10 to the you can play project foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all that participate in sports. Uh, big week for that too. Uh, okay. You ready to go, Joey? Let's do it. <laughs> I'm just going to recap some players that my, uh, that Joey has uh, gotten in the past here. Jonas Gustafson, Matt Stajan, Steve Thomas, Mikhail Renberg, Dimitri Yuskevich. Woof. No problem with those at all. Let's uh, let's go again. It's going to be okay. relatively from the same era. I'm going to start with a little bit of a... I, I have a feeling you're going to get this one, even though I, I don't oh, know God. most, most Leafs fans will. Alexi, Alexi Ponikarovsky. 23, baby, Michael Jordan. I, Joey... I have a different number. We need to do a double check. I think you're what? wrong. No, I Alexei Ponikarovsky played was number 23. Was he really? Okay, because I have from the 2001 Toronto Maple Leafs him wearing number 39. Was that like him coming into the league and like didn't give a, like had like one of those, you know, okay. when some young players, like when Willie Nylander wore like 39 or something in his first couple games. You know what? That actually might be true because I'm just going to look up a photo of him in a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Yeah. And if he's wearing 23, then I will take it back. He's wearing, oh, he's wearing 23. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing 23. <laughs> Amazingly, I'm testing Joey, and I'm the one that got it wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> so Joey is currently 11 for 11. There we go. Oh, wow. Okay, good start. <laughs> All right. And then I'm going to go from his teammate from that early early team, 2000, 2001. I'm going to go with Yannick Perot. Ooh. Oh, yes. Okay. This is what we want. This is what we you want. Might've, you might have... I have an idea. I have a, a number that... That went to my head, but you might have got me here. So Yannick Pro did a couple sins with the Leafs, if I'm not mistaken. But the number that comes into my head is what I'm going to go with. And I could be wrong here. I'm not too confident about this. 44? It is exactly 44. Yes! Holy smokes. Yes! <laughs> Joey, yes! another two for two. Andrew, one for two. Uh, oh, wow. You're 12 for 12. Just incredible stuff. Face-off specialist Yannick Perot. Holy smokes. I remember. 44. Oh, my God. I remember I was in like, I, I don't know if it was like middle school or something, and it was a trade deadline day, and me and my friend uh, were trying to get into the library to figure out who the Leafs had, who the Leafs had gotten in the trade deadline. Who, who do we got? And it was Yannick Perot, and it was such a deflating yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I think now that I'm rolling, we might have to switch this up to like, I donate when I get it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will slowly start going earlier and earlier and see how we do. We'll start mixing up the generations. 12 for 12, baby, more. let's go. 12 for 12. Just incredible stuff, Joey. Thank you. All right, let's get into some NHL news. Some incredibly uh, tragic, heartbreaking, sad stuff happened Mm. a few days ago yeah. adam johnson obviously i'm assuming most people listening to this podcast would have heard by now passed away uh due to a freak accident on the ice i think there's a lot to go into here and uh i don't really want to touch on the incident itself because it it's just it's it's been talked about yeah. there there's been some some backlash about some idiots sharing the video. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But let's, let's just kind of talk about, do you think net guards need to be mandatory in hockey just based on, on what we, what happened? Yeah. I, the, the answer is in general, I am always saying 
yes, we are going to be playing with more equipment in 10 years than we play with now. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, when we had talked about visors being mandatory, even wearing helmets, you know, being mandatory, that was probably thought of as being ridiculous, but it's a very dangerous game. They're playing faster and they're bigger and stronger than they've ever been. So this will cause more, uh, reactions that we've never seen coming. The only thing I'd say is that the neck guards that some players have worn, or we played when we were kids and stuff like that are pretty flimsy and small. I think, uh, some better technology. Yes. I think that, why would people be against this? I understand it's like flow and like freedom of uh, movement. Uh, but if you say, hey, in 10 years from today, everyone's going to be wearing one. You can get grandfathered in if you're not wearing one now. But players entering the league in 10 years have to be wearing one. I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. We've seen more and more cut injuries, uh, wrists and necks uh, recently uh, feels like. So it, um, to, for player safety, I, I would agree. I think they should. Yeah, I think first off, anyone not playing professional hockey, it should be mandatory. Right. You know, I understand yep. that um, pros get the risks associated with playing a fast-paced, dangerous game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at that point are are free at this point to make their own decisions on what they want to wear. And, and I get a lot of pros are saying, oh, the neck guards are bulky. I remember, yep. I mean, as a kid, you're like, you hated putting those neck guards on. Um, but with advancement in equipment, yeah, just like we saw when Ilya Mikheyev got his wrist slashed, what was it, two years ago now? Yeah. Um, everyone on the Leafs started wearing those Kevlar uh, those Kevlar suits, essentially, yeah. Yeah. to protect it. And I saw that Bauer had released a picture of a Kevlar Under Armour type thing with, yeah. the neck, with the neck covered. Yeah. And I understand, like, the, the freedom that, that players want to feel, but before this incident happened, had it not run through your mind, like these skates are razor sharp at all times. And and there are moments in, in games where people are, you know, diving and throwing their bodies on yeah. the line. It's, it's, it's something that is super unfortunate, but that those are the risks when you play a, a high intensity sport like this. And I think yeah. if you have the suit, like if you've got Kevlar available for you, yeah, that is going to protect you. Why not? Yeah, it's not the same things from the early 90s. Like, it is it is a little different. It's compression technology that will help you save lives. You know, it's saying, you know, Evander Kane had a really bad one, you know, a couple years ago too. Uh, and I think anyone that's around my age can remember Clint Malarchuk, which is, I it's before my time, but that highlight was around forever. He got his, he was a goalie and he got his throat slashed uh, by, a, uh, by a skate when he was on the Buffalo Sabres and nearly died on the ice. He, he lost a liter and a half of blood and uh, 300 stitches. I always remember that number, 300 stitches. And you're like, whoa, it, it just, and you know what? And then, we started having more neck guards for goalies and we started having lower uh, the, the the hanging blocker and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. these, these things do change. Unfortunately, it is usually tragedy that is caused uh, to do it. And, you know, ugh, man, playing in England too, it's just, uh, it's just a really, really sad story. And so I, I hope we can learn from this. And, uh, and like I'm saying, it's not, it's not that Velcro tape around thing anymore. It is, uh, it is compression technology that can help possibly save a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the game advances, as the game yeah. speeds up, I think equipment has to advance with it. And I understand that some players don't want to look a certain way, but I mean, come on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, uh, tragedy, but hopefully we can learn from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the NHL suspended Shane Pinto for a boatload of games. Oh yeah. Gambling. I'm sure everyone heard about this, but I, I think what's, what I want to talk about is then they sent a memo to the players about like mm-hmm. what is okay and what's not okay. And all the bullet points seemed like, okay, yeah, you can't bet on hockey. You're safe to bet on other sports. Can't bet on hockey. But the one that kind of made me go, huh, was you can't discuss betting odds with other teammates. 
What I, does that mean? Hockey? Or does that mean I, on anything? Like, what are the odds you're going to throw your tape ball into the garbage when you get undressed yeah. after a game? Like, yeah. Can you not do that? So, okay. The, the other thing, okay. There's a lot of things that really blow my mind about this whole thing. The fact that the secrecy around the Shane Pinto thing too is like, well, we're not going to tell you what he did. You're like, well, uh, well, okay. All right. That's kind of odd. You know, um, yeah, so I think how it was don't... his friend. I think his friend had his account number and bet on hockey. Right. But I think... because they knew that Shane Pinto was in a different city because the Sens were in a yes. different city, yes. that it wasn't Shane Pinto. It was clearly someone who had control of his account. Yeah. But I want to come down hard. It seems like a bet by proxy thing that I think was only outed by insiders. And then the NHL had to go, well, okay, wait. But they tried to make this like some kind of weird secret. And that's what the memo made zero sense because you're like, okay, wait. So what happened? What are we discussing here? And we've seen some um, suspensions in the NFL in the last couple of years too for very similar things. Betting on property of of team facilities, which is something that they mentioned in the memo too. But the one that I agree with you, the mentioning of betting odds, considering betting odds are inside of stadiums and on scoreboards and things like that. So that's a little odd. They're on TV broadcasts. And I understand that there is like a pretty dotted line when it comes to a rule going like it is around. We have to do that the same way that like, you know, there's, they're sponsoring beer and it's not like you can crack a beer on the bench. You know what I mean? Like there, mm-hmm. there is a, there is a distinction between of a difference, but okay. So you can't talk about odds. Can you have a fantasy football league? What if what about a, what about a picks league? What if the team had uh, everyone throws in twenty bucks and they try you know to see if it wouldn't be twenty bucks, but you know to see who who could win? Is that not allowed? I you know there was an article in the Athletic recently about Ryan Reeves being the commissioner of the fantasy football yeah. league for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that not allowed? Because it's just it is it is a little odd that uh, the the breadth in which they spoke about John Tavares auto drafter. <laughs> Oh, is that really true? Did that come out yeah. of that? Morgan oh, Riley said he's an auto drafter, which is hilarious. Uh, well, the he, outdoor would, he game, would be a computer too. So like he, he felt, he felt symbiosis with the computer picking. For that's him. true. Yeah. The outdoor game. I don't really want to talk about the outdoor game no. because I could care less about the battle of Alberta, less. but, uh, so Nickelback obviously performed in the, um, in the intermission and everyone's got yeah. their opinions on Nickelback, you know, Sure. but they asked McDavid and Leon what their favorite Nickelback songs were. And, you cannot tell me that Photograph is anyone's favorite Nickelback song. Leon said Photograph, which basically says to me, Leon, you're lying. I don't know and Nickelback. <laughs> you just you just didn't know what's... Yeah, I don't know Nickelback because that yeah. song... I mean, oh. sure, there are some bangers that Nickelback has and like, sure. you know what I mean? Like, I'm so not going to listen to it on my on my spare time, but if it mm-hmm. if it plays, I'll like, you know, I'll, I'll tap my foot along, I'll sing sure, around, but sure, Photograph sure, sure. is not one of them. No. And Leon Dreisettle, you are a liar. <laughs> you are a liar. Ah, oh, that is amazing. If they were going to set them, I just don't know who the PR person's not like, they're going to ask about Nickelback. Here's three Nickelback songs. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. I just, it is photographed. That means, you know what that means? That means Leon, Leon Dreisettle is very online because that's like a very big meme thing about like, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, like pe- him holding up a photo of like Edmonton losing big or something like that. You know what I mean? Look at this photograph. Yeah, stuff. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. So I think that what it means and also means he's not a Nickelback fan. Amazing. Last thing before we go, I just want to say how blessed we are as Toronto Maple Leafs fans to have the anthem singer or singers that we've had in the past. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know if anyone saw Flava Flav singing the anthem <laughs> at the Milwaukee Bucks game this weekend. It was horrendous. Yeah. It lasted three minutes long. It was off key. Uh, the players were kind of holding in their even the guys holding the flags who like you 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 cannot get those guys to break because the anthem is everything for those guys in America. Yeah. But they were even cracking a smile. 
it was awful. And it just made me think like, shout out to Martina and shout out to Natalie. We've yeah. been blessed to have two of the greatest anthem singers in the game. And uh, it's not that way around sports. So we take it for granted. And when you go to a game or when you're watching it on TV, but like Natalie Morris can fucking belt it, man. And, oh, and yeah. before Amazing. her, Martina was what Mar- Martina did with the key changing in, in the Canadian anthem is something I'd never heard before. And it's, it's, it's different and it's new and it worked and I loved it. Uh, watch that Flava Flav clip. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's oh, I, 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 there's like, there's the famous ones like Carl Lewis singing and it's just yeah, bad. Oh, and yeah, that was funny. The Roseanne Barr one's the best because she's getting booed so vociferously during the anthem that she grabs her crotch at the end to everybody going like, fuck oh my God. you. Um, which really amazing after the national anthem, considering how, yes, how serious obviously the American national anthem is. Um, the one I always think about is, so we have those, thank God we don't have like celebrity, you know, style mm-hmm. ones, whatever. Uh, we have great normal professional singers that sound really good. I'm also really glad we don't have a cartoon character that does it. Like, you know, think about Lyndon Sluage from the Ottawa centers back in the day, the, the, the police officer or the RCMP officer, what his name was. And he would like, salute oh my and he God. would do his yeah, thing. Yeah. And he was just a fucking nightmare. Or the Boston guy. The Boston guy was the next guy yeah. I was going to bring up who does the one and the two and the three. And it, you know, it's like, okay, what I don't understand. I don't understand what your job is. Like, are you the national, the national singer? Um, or the, the Vancouver guy that used to be really uh, big and then got skinny and then Skater. tripped while skating and doing skating it. Uh, around the ice. That's it's an all-time like, clip. I, That's I, an all-time I, clip. It's the best. <laughs> he he really continues on. Like, he really is yeah. it's pretty impressive. He, um, goes, but, he goes farther in the air than Bobby Orr went when he scored <laughs> that goal. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, God. He didn't see the carpet coming. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm glad we don't have that as well. And we just go, eh, let's do the national anthem and then let's move it on to the game. I just, yeah, I, I'm tired of those guys. Yeah, the Carl Lewis one's my favorite where he goes, oh. and the Rockets, red glit. I'll Uh-oh. get it back. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring that. Here we go. <laughs> so good. So good. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have unfortunately but if you've made it this far we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds thank you so much for listening let's have a good week and go leafs go baby go leafs go you can follow us on twitter at good buds pod any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com the song you're listening to is adelaide by taylor whitaker of bad friend adelaide is available wherever you find mexico i hope you feel better like you wanted to then I know we haven't talked I know we haven't talked in a while But my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair Styles Productions. Get into it!